Welcome to the sixth Big Brother Canada 3 recap episode of the UR Team Number Podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone and joining me as ever is the Canadian who has a horseshoe so far up his ass. it hurts, Logan Saunders. Evening. Evening. Ben is unable to join us because of you know, crazy weather. Kevin's probably just chucked some bubbles over there or something, let's be honest. Yeah, I wonder, wonder with Ben if uh, you know his car broke down on the way this podcast is to the crappy weather. And now he's stuck with uh, Zach overnight on the side of the road. Yeah, I heard he just hit a moose. A moose? Oh, I, I wish it was Trevor Boris rather than a moose that was hit. That'd be a that'd be a scenario we could all get behind, quite frankly. Well, you can. It is using the hashtag Yattencast or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. So what did we think of this week, Log? Ah, it was still... There's, there's some uh, comedic storylines uh, overall. The, a certain house guest whose name starts with an S in terms of their relationship with another house guest who starts with a B. There's lots to get to there, and we saw the this week from a very different perspective from all the other weeks, so uh, I think it's a week that needed to happen overall. Yeah, and also... The middle episode especially was amazing for screen capping. I had a lot of fun picking out stuff to screenshot from that episode. Mainly Sarah, mainly Cindy and her rants. And I thoroughly appreciated Godfrey again this week. He's growing on me. I think Godfrey is growing on everyone, judging by all the posts I'm seeing on social media. He probably went from being a guy who was near the bottom for the first four weeks because he wasn't getting any airtime. And uh, in the past two weeks, he's probably risen up to either close to number one or top three uh, at, at worst. Have you seen Reddit's reaction to him? He's basically the Helix fossil now. We're getting all Let's Play Pokemon uh, up in here. Twitch plays Pokemon, I should say. No joke. I was looking on Wednesday when I watched the first two episodes, and every single post is just like, praise God, praise Mangalisa. Oh, <laughs> that's why he's the Helix fossil. I see. He is basically their demigod now, and it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> So, previously, Zach won HOH and Newport was on top of the world. Jordan volunteered to be a pawn to hide their alliance. Cindy, with an S, re-entered the house and proposed a showman's with Jordan, uh, called JP with an S. Cindy used her secrets from Sequester to form an alliance with Brittany and Sarah. Godfrey exposed Newport at the veto and offered to take them down. And Cindy masterminded a backdoor surprise for Jordan. Godfrey fought for his life, but it was Bobby's vote that sealed Jordan's fate and sent him to be the first member of the jury. I can never get over Godfrey's jump in midair at the announcement of the eviction results. I think they even freeze-framed in every single recap this week. Yes, they did, because I'm pretty sure the uh, producers can't either, because it's a great screen cap. Well, he just got so much air. And it was probably the one thing from last week that I didn't actually get a screen grab of because it was very hard to get a proper screen grab of. Yeah, the camera didn't get it at the right time. Or not so much the camera. It was, it was the wrong camera angle, I should say. Yeah, I mean, they had a better camera angle for the recaps, but I, could, I still couldn't get it properly. Otherwise, I would have done because it was awesome. <laughs> so the HOH competition continued from last week. This competition is called Student Film Fest. In this competition... A group of local students has sent in a series of films depicting previous competitions that the houseguests have played in. The first houseguest to buzz in can select someone to eliminate if they are correct at identifying the competition. If it, if not, it's them who is eliminated. The last person standing will be the new head of household. And last week we saw Bobby buzzing in accidentally for V for Veto, 
and eliminating Cindy. That was classic. That's classic Bobby. This is this is what I mean with Bobby and Cindy. Like I would just like to point out that when Cindy was in the house the first time with the second HOH competition, that the only reason why she went home that week is because she barely lost to Bobby in the HOH competition. And then she had to rely on Bobby for this eviction vote. And she was stuck with Bobby for 24 hours in the vault when it came down to that $5,000 bribe. And now here, Bobby wasn't even trying to win anything. He accidentally gets the point right. And then he screws over Cindy out of an essential HOH win that she needed. I just love the fact that in the first conversation of this type, Kevin tried desperately to throw it and failed miserably. And in this conversation, Bobby tried desperately to throw it and failed miserably. There's a ton of people that are still admitting to throwing HOH competitions, which is shocking to me because, as we see about two minutes later, that Zach essentially draws a line in the sand, exposing the two sides of the house. So you think when the two sides of the house are exposed, you don't really have to worry about being perceived as a threat anymore because now you're just playing for the alliance to win HOH rather than being a floater who wasn't too trying to disguise which side you're really on. I think that that is probably why they've been introducing money into competitions as well, trying to tempt them. Otherwise, everyone's just gonna it's just gonna be oh crap, I'm HOH this week. I guess that's just the way that Big Brother has evolved in North America over the past ten years or so. Yeah, I mean this cast especially is one that is really prone to throwing things, and it's getting a bit annoying now. So, Bobby gets eliminated when he blatantly guesses wrong on Ant Maze. Then it's Bruno getting eliminated, Slot Wasteland. Then Pilar eliminates Godfrey on Dammit. Uh, Kevin eliminates himself on Wall to Wall. Peely buzzes in for a game set match and eliminates Brittany. Ashley eliminates Sarah on the edge. Peely eliminates Willow on Spooling Around. And then Peely is the new head of household when she correctly guesses switching gears. I like how she was just genuinely shocked any time that she... Like, she was surprised that she buzzed in, even though it's like, hey, you did buzz in. Do you remember doing that point two seconds ago? And then being twice as shocked whenever she got an answer, right? And then being on the verge of fainting or passing out whenever she came up with a name to eliminate from the competition. Yeah, every single time she just sort of hit the buzzer and went, oh! I can't believe I did that. This this works? I'm actually hooked up to the correct system? I'm actually allowed to play this week? Yes. <laughs> also, I loved how she just blatantly admitted that she is a pawn for Ashley, Zach, and Kevin. She's just a complete puppet. and She will do what they want. <laughs> Which is, you know, everything that we thought and more. It's actually pretty painful overall to see Kevin repeatedly say, Oh, Peely's being too emotional. She needs to be rational. I'm thinking, wow, uh... Peely's not even getting credit from her showmance. Also, was Jordan the biggest blindside ever? The the blindside of the series? Isn't that what they said? No, they said biggest blindside ever. That's how, that's a very Stephanie Valencia Survivor Redemption Island-esque quote. So uh, I think it may be just a tad bit exaggerated. Yeah, I had it circled as what the hell. Biggest blindside ever? Really? It was a big blindside, but I don't think it was the biggest one. And then Cindy, I think, tries to top it off uh, when she was pleading to Peely later on that if she were to put up, uh, she were to put up, uh, I think, Bobby, that it would be the biggest move that this game has ever seen. So, so just trying to take it to that next level, and I'm thinking, um, you do know there's been about two hundred rounds or 
maybe even a thousand rounds of hold together of Big Brother being played worldwide. So I think that's quite the bold statement to try and make. Also, I love that in the sort of coming up segment at the start of the first episode, they did show Peely hosting the Have Not competition. So it's just blatantly obvious that she was going to win. Yeah. And uh, we see them suspect that Willow is the one to have flipped to the other side of the house. And Sarah was painting a big old target on her back by arguing with Zach in the uh, storage room. And Bobby is the one who tells Zach that Cindy voted Jordan out because there was no blood on his hands, bro. <laughs> Even Peely adopts the blood on my hands, uh, all too familiar HOH quote. And did you notice what Peely's first reaction when she opened her HOH room was? No, I did not. Oh my god, I got a dolphin. <laughs> what, oh, wasn't the dolphin wearing something? I can't remember. Headphones. Headphones. Yes, the dolphin was wearing headphones. Probably wearing the show me headphones, because she was excited about that as well. I think she's the, only the second HOH who actually can talk about it. Uh, and Cindy exposes the chop shop to Brittany Godfrey, Kevin, and Peely. Kevin really doesn't want to make a move. There's a smart move and there's a sexy move, as he would say two episodes later. Yeah. And Kevin really was sort of hold the course this week. And it is quite a shame that Ben can't join us, because I know Ben had rants prepared for both Zach and Kevin this week. But I'm sure he'll uh, he'll get to that next week. Well, especially with the way that Kevin is trying to give credit to absolutely nobody in the house, and yet... For a month straight now, everyone knows exactly what Kevin is up to. Mainly Peely. Yeah. So the Have Not competition, Peely's so excited just to get the opportunity to host the competition. She gets to select two captains who will then select their teams. Uh, She picks Kevin and Willow. And above everything else, remember that Kevin feeds on drama. Not drama, drama. And Bruno and Cindy are not picked by either team, so they're automatically halves. Lucky them. Yep. It's Kevin, Godfrey, Brittany and Sarah... Versus Willow, Ashley, Bobby, and Zach. I don't get why those two couldn't compete. Was there a shortage of jerseys or a shortage of inflatable balls to run around in? Probably. Maybe wasn't quite up to the safety code of conduct with having that many people trying to run into each other in a backyard. It's more than likely them trying not to have five people as have not, because they can just about fit four in that room. It would be. It would be even more if only they had like five or six have nots. And Peely was an HOH, and then it would just be like, she would, then she could have an excuse to bring up all of her siblings again, saying, oh, this reminds me of when we all had to share the same room at home, with having six or seven of us all crammed together. Uh, so this is a full contact game of football. The team that scores the most goals are the halves of the week, and Kevin says the only thing he's trying to score is the referee. And Kevin and Godfrey, who are both on the same team, could I just point out, are blatantly trying to throw the competition. Another thrown competition. And we just get to see Godfrey trying to take Zach out again and again and again. There was the one hit that looked ex- especially brutal during that competition. Yeah, I mean, Zach is a Canadian football player. I think it was Sarah that just gets absolutely pummeled. Does sound about right, Sarah. And then you have Willow in some weird uh, fifth-dimensional vortex or something like that. No. Just being in limbo in the backyard. I can't get back up! (laughs) Well, from our amazing race experience, we do know that people really have quite a lot of trouble with those bubbles. Yep. I'm a girl, you can't hit me! Or or, or even in the mole. Even in the mole, uh, Al had had issues with tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles. And then that was brought back for Celebrity Mole Hawaii. On the ukulele. Yep. And they, and just like in Big Brother Canada fashion, they uh, got ridiculous outfits for uh, that that uh, challenge yeah, with the hula outfits. 
So after the first half, it's 5-3 to Willow's team. And Bruno and Cindy, as the people sitting out, have to do the halftime show. Great pun, can I just point out? I thought it was unintentional originally. Yeah, halftime show? <laughs> I thought they were just pronouncing it badly. I thought for a second the music they were playing was Eminem's Just Lose It. And then because they didn't have the rights to the song, they had to switch the soundtrack about a second later. And then uh, Godfrey pretty much has pretty much lays the smackdown on Bruno's dancing moves. Essentially, he views Bruno's dancing moves to be about as good as his rapping skills. Well, Bruno was just laying it all bare. It's freaking 2015. Step up your dance moves. Yeah, Godfrey, please don't talk about talents, because I have to then be reminded of your terrible rapping from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> which was awful. It's a terrible dance. He has ants in his pants. That would be how Godfrey would rap uh, Bruno's dance moves. Did, did you get a flashback to Bruno's bear outfit to be a lot like uh, Bart the Bear from Amazing Race 8? Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> so the nominations, Peely's shortlist, are Bobby, Godfrey, Cindy, and Willow. And can I just point out, Godfrey steps up his glasses game. Yes, he takes over Greg's role. No longer is the Ginger Ninja responsible for glasses, but uh, here we are with uh, Godfrey uh, bringing out quite the yellow pair. Yeah, I, th- I think Greg must have just left some a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he sent them in with uh, with Cindy, saying, give these to Godfrey. He's my success. What, like winning the, a $5,000 competition? Because that's probably $5,000 in glasses that Godfrey inherited just right there. Yeah, exactly. And the nominations were Godfrey and Cindy. And they both have quite good reactions. Godfrey says, thanks, Peely, I was really starting to miss this seat. And Cindy says, who? Me? Surprise, surprise. Again, nobody expected Peely to do anything spectacular. But at least we then open the second episode with amazing reactions from Cindy. I've just been like, what the hell, Peely? What are you doing, you moron? Which is pretty much the reaction of many people on social media that well, said a lot worse things about Peely. But if Cindy's leading the... The hate Peely train, and with as big a fan base that Cindy has, then you know that the social media Twitter followers are going to take it to the next level and really go after Peely. I was reading from the her Twitter account that's run by her family that they're going to start reporting people for the tweets that they've been posting. That always bodes well. Good luck with that on the internet. So... The power of veto conversation. We get the draw of Peely Godfrey and Cindy drawing Willow, Bobby, and Kevin respectively. And we don't get to see Sarah be picked as the host, but she is the host. Yeah, what up with that? Yeah, but we we then get some great screen grabbable moments from Sarah in this competition, so I didn't mind. I wonder if the other contestants caught on to that and thought, hmm, they're making Sarah the host. Does that mean that producers like Sarah more than the others who are not competing in this veto competition? Is Sarah the star in the episodes that have aired so far? Well, you know the reason why Sarah was picked to be the host of this competition? Who is more likely to eat uh, at least two or three $5 meals from KFC? It's going to be a stoner, obviously. That is true. Only stoners would be so out of their mind at the peak of their highs to uh, go through with buying KFC. Because personally, I haven't had KFC in about 15 years. And I do not miss it one bit. And Cindy says she's going to smack down with an S, win this POV, shove it in their faces, and flip this house around. Yeah, about that. Oopsies. You only have one life in this house, Cindy. You can, you, you only get to flip the house once, as uh, 
Bobby would say. Wasn't that the worst thing to say to somebody when eliminating them from an HOH competition? Yes, but Bobby is so unbelievably clueless, is a good word. Yes. So, this competition is called Big Brother Concentration. Each person has a colour assigned to them, and one at a time they must head out to one of 84 tables and try and match two of the items hidden under domes. If they find a match and it's for their colour, they can take it back to their stand and take another turn. If they don't match correctly, their turn is over. Under some of the covers are game changers, like switch tables, miss a turn, and even one that can eliminate you. Is there the save under one of these tables? One of the domes did contain the revival pass. <laughs> which then brought Risha back into the game. Yes, the revival pass. Good old Amazing Race China. The first house guest to find all their hairs will win the power of veto and $5,000 cash. You know what says a lot about this competition, especially with Cindy and Bobby in here, is that Cindy found a pair before Bobby did. Zing! Well, Bobby's just not trying to win anymore, and it's kind of hilarious. Probably throwing competitions more in a more obvious manner than Will from BB2. Or more obvious manner than uh, Jordan was earlier in this season. Or the other Will from uh, Survivor Worlds Apart right now. I'm only going to apologise if it's sincere. Oh, Probe's just going to have a field day with you at the reunion, Will. So, Peely is the first to find a game changer, and she'll miss her next turn. And Willow gets two mysteries during the game which will be revealed during their celebratory meal after the, the POV. And Cindy's the first person to get a match, and Godfrey pulls start over. Which isn't really starting over at all. That is the most misleading item to find. Godfrey, you got start over, which means you start over, but with making progression in the challenge. That's like, that's... That's a direct contradiction to what start over means. They were just sort of trolling them with that. And then Cindy almost immediately gets to start over as well. Kevin, Bobby and Peeling all get one match each before Willow gets her second mystery card. And then the option to trade her box with someone else, which she trades with Cindy. And Cindy then gets her first match with her new box before receiving the power to reveal two more tables. Or in other words, take another turn. And one of the tables she pulls is the eliminated card. Instant eviction from the veto of competition. This is pretty much a reflection of Cindy in the game, though, because she jumps out to a lead when she's supposed to be vulnerable, and then she has to start over, much like she had to start over with being brought into the house for a second time, and then before she can really gain any momentum with, with regaining the lead, she just gets eliminated right at the start of the competition. So it's a very, very fitting uh, challenge progression for Cindy. And then Godfrey pulls to uh, two matches just as Willow gets her second match as well and then Godfrey wins the competition with two purple medium drinks. I, I cringed a little. I cringed a little when this aired on TV. I'm thinking I know the joke that people online are going to make. Let's be above that, folks. Let's be above that. Let's not go quoting Dave Chappelle's stand-up. Let's just, let's just move forward here, people. And you would be correct there. <laughs> because of course the internet made the slightly racist joke here and Willow's two mystery cards were a slot pass for the remainder of the season and the privilege to wear a outfit of Big Brother's choosing a ketchup costume for the next 24 hours and she uses it for the force of being smutty with her house guests volunteering to squirt something some sort of we assume she offered to squirt ketchup into Zach's mouth which is just downright wrong that's what she meant, right? Yeah, especially when Ashley's sitting there. Because uh, any other interpretation of that statement would just would just be inappropriate. It would be inappropriate of Willow. And that's rude. 
<laughs> I was going for a Dave and Connor reference, but uh, I guess we're in Margie Adams' uh, territory now. We can go for Dave and Connor if you want to. <laughs> how, how could she? How could she be smutty with an older man? <laughs> you mean Bruno? Yeah, exactly. He's the grandpa of the house now. The grandpa who checks out the twenty-one-year-old cheerleader in the soccer referee outfit. I'm not looking, Peely. I'm a happily married man and a professional gamer. Remember that I'm a professional gamer? Seems like it's my one story now. <laughs> and now we get a brilliant secret mission. So for the second time this season, Kevin gets a secret mission, and all he's got to do is sneak into the vault and notice to win a reward for all the house. However, Bruno then gets the mission to sabotage Kevin and anyone else who gets the mission's efforts later on. The one rule for Bruno is he cannot hang around the vault. And the one rule of yet another secret mission is that only the characters that production likes gets to be involved with it. So we have Kevin, Bruno, Godfrey, Sarah, and Willow all in this challenge. So the main people. My favorite touch of this challenge, though, is that uh, when he was when Godfrey was saying that he had to pee around Peely, uh, that he uh, peeled off to the inside of the house, and then suddenly we get the Beverly Hills Cop uh, Axel F uh, music playing that dun 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 for like five seconds, and I'm thinking, wow, I guess that soundtrack is public domain. Ring, 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 ring. No, no crazy frog, no crazy frog on this podcast. I hate crazy frog. He is the worst of all frogs. I would, I would. Hope that Crazy Frog's fate is just as bad, if not worse, than Frogger compared to other frogs. I was going to say, Crazy Frog's probably uh, modern in Canada, isn't it? <laughs> You're going to get a Crazy Frog in my head all day now. You know that. So Kevin decides that nothing distracts people more than bubbles, and so decides to basically try and flood the HOH room, which I'm sure production loved the idea of. I'm going to flood the whole house after production has repeatedly told us that we are the most destructive a group of house guests in terms of damage to the overall house. And here we are. We're going to flood this bath with more, way more bubbles than what's necessary. Even Michael Jackson's monkey would not want to be associated with that much bubbles. And uh, Kevin also breaks a glass in the process of trying to sneak out of the HOH room. Busted. Breaking a glass, $10.00. Flooding the bath and forcing repairs, $1,000. Being heist-blocked by Bruno, priceless. And then Sarah is the next to receive the mission. And then it's Godfrey. And then Willow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if it's not so much of getting Willow to do the mission, but Willow in the catch-up outfit trying to sneak into the vault. I'm trying to be subtle generally. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to go get some mustard, guys. <laughs> and then Godfrey, Kevin, Sarah and Willow all failed their missions, but Bruno passed his, so the house won a reward of a masquerade party in the backyard that Willow still has to wear the costume for. I like how Godfrey tried to take over not only the sunglasses roll left behind by the ginger ninja, but Godfrey said so himself that. He said, I am a ninja man, I am built for this. So he's not only embracing the sunglasses, but he outright stated that he is indeed a ninja. What do you bet that a uh, how bad do you want this video composition will then make him dye his hair, Ginger? <laughs> that would be an interesting hairstyle for uh, Godfrey. <laughs> so he can become the new Ginger Ninja. And we get the wonderful scenes of Sarah releasing gas. Inappropriate. Yes, but you know... 
led to some fun images of Sarah just going, oopsies. They gave Sarah some really lame jokes for uh, this week. A lot of potty humor for her. Speaking of potty humor, or rather potty tragedies, uh, with uh, Cindy and Bobby having an additional fight after Cindy's statement at the HOH ceremony where Bobby's like, oh, you know, uh, Cindy, I know when you're, you're in the bathroom peeing right now, but you should p- apologize to Peely before you're done peeing. And then Cindy re- repeatedly states that as well. I'm thinking this is the most messed up alliteration that goes on for a minute straight that I have seen in uh, Big Brother Canada history. Yeah, it's Peely, guys. Yeah, that, that was a, a weird scene. And then somebody suggested a Peely sandwich. Probably Kevin, it usually is. I feel like it was someone else, though. I feel like it was a slightly more creepy situation. Not to mention that Bobby threatened to uh, beat up Cindy as well. It's a odd dichotomy of trying to, like, treat Peely as if she was an eight-year-old who just got her feelings hurt by uh, a mean girl. At least uh, Bobby didn't threaten to punch Cindy in the face repeatedly. Or ask for someone to punch her in the face repeatedly. If I were a man, I would knock your teeth out, as John Rocker would say. <laughs> Although I don't think Bobby could pull off Atlanta uh, the uh, an Atlanta accent. They'd be like, oh man, I'm not so stoked. I'm not feeling good at all. If, if you were if you were if you were something other than what you are, I would bring on violence. Yeah. I would just love to see a conversation between Bobby and Wu from Survivor Kageyan. Just like, bro, 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 bro. It's, it's basically the bro-to-bro app from Silicon Valley. Uh, so Bobby has been claiming that he has a secret power of veto. So Cindy campaigns for him to be replacement nominee to force his hand and use it. I like how... This was viewed as so irrelevant initially that we never saw this clip on TV. And then suddenly it's a big storyline because editors realized, oh crap, they're actually trying to implement this one tiny scene we thought was pointless because it was just another, it was probably Bobby's uh, one millionth pointless lie of the game. Like him being a virgin. But here we are and Cindy and others are directly trying to bring it up to uh, make sure Bobby gets nominated. And Kevin actually supports the idea because the kid needs to go, but still does nothing about it. The kid needs to go? Cindy thought that the kid needs to go? No, that's what Kevin said. Oh, I think in the next episode, Cindy uses that exact phrase to describe Bobby, but yet Cindy is two or three years younger than Bobby, which makes the whole situation hilarious. Yeah, Kevin, who's 22, can I just point out, also used it to describe Bobby. Yeah, so basically people who are younger than uh, than Bobby are allowed to call him kid. That's demeaning. Yeah, it's it really winds me up when uh, customers at work call me kid, actually. Mainly because the customers who do it are irritating, but... What about if there was, like, an Italian customer who's a distant relative of Bruno's and they enter your workplace and they say, Hey, Mikey! Would that also annoy you? Uh, no, because I'd find the accent, if it was that terrible, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Until I found out that they were actually from Sicily and therefore a member of the Mafia. Yeah, then you wouldn't want to laugh in their face, sir. <laughs> At which point I'd be like, uh, I'm sorry, sir. What happened again? <laughs> uh, so the veto ceremony. Uh, Cindy uses the argument that Godfrey should veto her, and Godfrey reacts amazingly. He's just like, what? 
what? And then Cindy completely calls out Bobby in front of the house as a target. Godfrey uses the POV on himself, and Brittany is the replacement nominee. And did you notice that Godfrey has now become the Godfather? The Godfather. He's coming up with seat. He can't decide on a nickname for himself. Is he the Sleeping Giant? Is he God? The Godfather? Come on now, Godfrey. One nickname and one, nick- one nickname only. It's like in Survivor Fiji, when the... Uh, James slash Rocky slash Boston was was saying, oh, I got a lot of nicknames, Probes. And then Probes says, oh, pick one. I'm only going to remember one because you're just going to be a one-time contestant. And I'm not going to care to remember all your other stupid nicknames. So just give me one. Rocky, okay, we're good. Fun fact, if Rocky from Survivor Fiji and Danielle DiLorenzo were, were back on a All-Star season and it was a schoolyard pick, she would pick him because his nickname is Boston. Over the guy who has the Boston tattoo? <laughs> yes. Oh, I love Kasaya. I can't wait for historians to speak about Panama, because Kasaya is probably my favourite alliance ever. You know what was another awkward scene that Cindy proposed during the whole bathroom scene with uh, Bobby? She was all complaining like, oh, Bobby, if you're going to say something, say it to my face. And I'm thinking, the whole point of the issue here is that Bobby said it while she was peeing. So if Bobby were to say this face to face... That would be it. That would make the the confrontation ten times more awkward. What are you thinking, Cindy? Bobby just climbs over over the stall and, <laughs> yeah. and says, "Cindy, I said it to your face." Just make make eye contact. Peely's a genuine girl. Get out of here. <laughs> I know there's not much privacy in the Big Brother house, but uh, you can back off just a little. You wanted me to say it to your face, Cindy. Peely's a, a genuine girl and you're laughing at her. And that's rude. She's had enough with being a genuine girl her whole life and she doesn't need to hear it from people like Cindy. Oh, Margie Adams, I love that we keep getting her in our podcast. So the additional task this week was Big Brother's road trip. Really not a lot to say on this one. Uh, so in pairs, house guests must walk the length of Canada from Vancouver to St. John's on a treadmill made to look like a car in less than 24 hours. The weather in each place is actually reflected for the house guests, like the snow for Kevin and Sarah when they go through the Rockies. Trees, trees everywhere and not a single one to smoke. You know what that's from, Mike? I tried to think. It's actually, it's from a co- poem called the... Ancient marijuana. That explains so much. For some reason, we get random appearances by other house guests playing characters during the road trip, like Kevin the policeman and Sarah the uh, farmer's daughter. That was the worst. That's another lame, oh my god, I can't believe producers made Sarah do this on TV moment, is Sarah playing the farmer's daughter. It was one of the most just cringeworthy scenes of, this is going nowhere and I don't do not find this funny at all. They've been pretty good with the additional tasks this season. This one isn't one of them. This one's a bit weak. Although it did leave Zach and Cindy, of all people, stuck on the side of the road together. Yeah. In hour 13, Cindy and Zach managed to pop a tyre and explode the engine somehow, uh, leaving them to spend the night by the side of the road until Big Brother can be bothered waking them up. This is very different rules, because I thought in this situation that they could ask for a replacement car but without a time credit awarded. Yeah, they do have to get there in under 24 hours, remember. And to be honest, Cindy probably just put diesel in the petrol engine. Yeah, you know, Cindy really did have a Terry and Ian or a Aaron and Ariane type moment. Yeah, and, and no one was around to know how to get it out of the engine. During hour 22, Ashley and Willow hit Marsha the Moose when she's crossing the road. She's dead! Marsha is dead! Oh no, she said that she can recover from being hit by a car. 
She'll be back for Marshall and Two Electric Boogaloo. And Godfrey wanted to eat Marsha. I mean, that type of meat is probably fairly valuable and tasty. I wonder if he would eat the bones too, or if that just applies to chicken bones. Oh no, I'm sure he would. And for some reason, Marsha sends Willow and Ashley a bottle of champagne each for trying to kill her. Yes, isn't the, the shouldn't the gift be the other way around? You don't say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I got in the way of the of your car while I was walking." Um, here, here's a bottle of wine while I suffer chronic pain for the remainder of my life. Yeah, or you know, compensation, or just anything. Yeah. You know, they should have gone to, like, civil court or something like that. Now, that's something that some of these house guests would have a tough time uh, wrapping their heads around. I would love to see Judge Rinder between uh, Marsha the Moose and Willow and Ashley. <laughs> Why on earth did we get the scene about Willow sharing her champagne with Sarah? Did you see Sarah just trying to attack the foam on, in the glass of wine? That did not work out well for her. You don't attack the foam like that. That's like, I guess I guess Sarah should stick to uh, drugs that can be smoked, because clearly drinks is not her area of expertise. I'm assuming they showed it to sort of evidence the alliance between Sarah and Willow, but also there wasn't actually any other mention of whether Sarah gets a punishment for drinking champagne while she's on Have Not. Well, she only got the foam part of it, so that's probably painful enough that she didn't actually get to have the the part of the wine that counts. They should have had uh, John from uh, uh, the last season of Survivor, John and Jacqueline, they should have had John there to uh, demonstrate properly to Sarah how you consume wine. Sarah definitely had a glass. She had a glass of champagne in it, so um, she must have drunk it, because I'm sure we would have not seen her say, oh, I'm going to get a punishment for this. Yeah. So, the eviction. It's uh, Brittany versus Beast Mode Princess. Cindy? What's this about too many nicknames for house guests this season? Yeah. However, we do get to see the return of my favourite nickname for anyone in the season, Arissa the Golden Goddess. I love that for the fourth week on the trot, you and Ben were probably watching out for Kevin and Arissa's awkward conversations. Because I love this every time. At least Kevin didn't do his preseason uh, um, motorboating uh, visual when when referring to Arissa as the Golden Goddess. Now, the, I wonder if that would have been edited out on TV. Arissa herself knows that I love when she completely shoots Kevin down every week. She ferreted my tweet about it. And Cindy warns people not to have a stick up their butts. And Kevin, yet again, tries to call Arissa the Golden Goddess. How's the Golden Goddess tonight? Arissa just goes, please vote to evict. It's getting longer every week. Now she's just not even going to acknowledge him. She's just going to stand there silently until he just uh, gives in and uh, votes to evict rather than Hitting on her, essentially. I think my favourite one was just when she went, huh, please vote to it. <laughs> just like, bless. Sweetie baby darling. Kindly start off, Kevin. <laughs> I don't think Arissa would ever utter that direct statement. I have a feeling that quite hasn't made its way to uh, Canadian borders. I'm working on it. Little by little. This is a game of inches, Michael. Exactly. Game of inches. Probably the sex tape one of this cast fails in. Um, probably Zach's. Let's face it, he's from the prairies. Not got much else to do. You, you know he's really chasing after that masculinity there, especially during the, you know, during the have-not competition, where Sarah tries to grab a ball, and then, you know, two other guys try to uh, squish uh, Sarah between the balls there, and then Sarah, Sarah just completely collapses, I think. Zach was one of those two people. So it's not a big surprise that here we are, a game of inches, and then Zach, uh, definitely uh, an unintentional shot at Zach. And 
by a vote of eight to nothing, Cindy is re-evicted. If only she was a sixth-generation white man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With 3.5%. And uh, speaking of percentages, that is 20 to 0, I think, in eviction votes against Cindy. 0% people uh, voted to keep her. Because it was 12 to 0 the first time, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have been. That, that has to be a record. I don't think... Because... We see people get unanimously evicted, well, especially in recent seasons of Big Brother where unanimous evictions are increasingly popular. But it's very rare to rare to bring back somebody who was unanimously evicted and then be re-evicted unanimously just two rounds later. 20 to 0 is ridiculous to have 12 that 8 just completely go after you. I know that I said a couple of weeks ago that I didn't particularly want Cindy to come back because I wasn't sure whether she'd be able to redefine her legacy but I was wrong happily Cindy died for her sins Michael Cindy died for our sins she left herself at the altar of God <laughs> yes Godfrey she was the sacrificial lamb and they ate her bones they ate her bones too I hear you never you never leave the bones alone but yeah I, I'm pleasantly surprised at how Cindy managed to redefine herself, basically, and impress. Yeah, but she was doing a lot of the same stuff from before, so we were already impressed with her from the start of the season with, in terms of just being an overall over-the-top character who was extremely aggressive and somehow super lazy except for when it came to competitions. But when it came to the social game, everyone saw right through her as being transparent, so they just knocked her out because of how aggressive she was playing. And that was with her being safe the first week, saving herself the first week, and then being evicted the first chance they got in the second round. And then it was the exact same thing uh, this time. You know, be safe for the first week and then re-evicted unanimously again the second week. Without having seen the sideshow, I'm going to assume that Gary and Peter had a go at her for not following their advice of laying low, because they both said it to her before she went in the house. They both said it to everyone before they went but did you hear what he, what she said at the end of the episode though that I think Cindy genuinely believes this that she thought that laying low would have made no difference but yet I think it would have made all the difference she was in a perfect spot as I th- it was awesome that Jordan went home but that's what I mean by Cindy dying for or that she died for our sins because she was going after the people that we wanted to see go but it was really at the sacrifice of her own longevity in this season. And also, I felt really bad for her when she was chatting to Arissa and she cried. Yep. Kara was like, uh, you know, she was as depressed as the wolf and family guy who was tricked into uh, saying cock-a-doodle-doo at the moon. But then she gets to be a part of maybe my favourite HOH idea ever. I love this composition. It's so good. I don't know the results, but it's such a great idea. The HOH composition for next week is called Retribution, or Retribution, as Arissa called it. Uh, Arissa will ask Cindy a series of questions and ask her to rate them from 1 to 100. Then the house guests must guess what Cindy said. The person who is furthest to Cindy's answer is eliminated. In the event of a tie, all tied house guests will be eliminated unless they're the final two, in which case Cindy herself picks the new head of household. In other words, it is production's way of intervening and letting the popular players, because Cindy likes the popular players, to regain control of the house. The last person standing or selected by Cindy is the new head of household. Is that what's going to happen with the veto competitions too? Is that they're just going to pull out a chip and instead of house guest choice? It's suddenly Cindy's choice, and she just chooses who you pick for the veto competition on your behalf. 
Oh, I'd love it if we just have a permanent webcam to the sequester house. It was just Cindy making decisions for everybody. Cindy the Puppet Master. Cindy, Canada's juror. I'm really, really disappointed that it's a triple eviction next week purely because we won't get to see Jordan and Cindy interact in the jury house. Triple eviction? Triple? Has that ever happened in an international season? It's never happened in one with the same format as the US and Canadian season. It happens quite frequently in the UK one purely because, you know, they like to get rid of people occasionally through public vote. Right. But that's only when there's like six or seven people nominated. So as far as I understand this, what's going to happen is that this upcoming week plays out normally with the eviction on Wednesday, because they said this is all happening next Wednesday. So it all plays out normally through till the next eviction, and then immediately after that, that's when two people are going to be evicted in the this three-nominee twist. Yeah, what I'm assuming is going to happen is we have the normal nominations and veto and eviction this week. That'll be right at the start of the Wednesday episode. Then someone will win HOH probably be taken straight to the vault and told you have to nominate three people they'll play the the veto as normal with two people randomly drawn and then two people will be evicted and it'll be instead of a vote to evict it'll be a vote to save that worked out in my mind too i assume that's the way it's going to be that's the only way i can see it happening because they are not going to be able to have three hoh competitions next wednesday it'll be flip a coin everyone pick a number between one and ten Oh, you are the new HOH. It's like Suzette answering the phone. So, the only question that we saw in the HOH competition was, on a scale of 1 to 100, how genuine were your tears when Jordan left? 1 for it was all game, 100 for I just lost my soulmate, and Cindy's reaction to Godfrey was amazing on this. Godfrey, you idiot! (laughs) It was, Godfrey, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Oh, Godfrey. Our Lord and Saviour Godfrey is eliminated with a score of 5 when Cindy said 62. I wish you would have put down 69. Just put 69 for every answer. If Cindy were to pick the same number every time and it ends up in a mega tie, then because people would catch on to what Cindy is doing, then Cindy just gets to decide who wins HOH. If only her brain worked out the challenge fast enough to just uh, slap the table a bit and manipulate the game. She might have been told by production not to do that, though, because that is an obvious way to break this game and therefore ruin an amazing HOH idea that they can keep coming back to. Why didn't everyone just pick 50? That would be my safe guess. Always choose 50. Don't be like Aris and Daniel on Exile Island and be like, 4, 10. You gotta go middle of the road here. I love this idea because I, I just think that it's so vindictively brilliant. Making them pick numbers on a scale from 1 to 100 made me think that, uh, Drew Carey should have been there, and just, he wouldn't host it for that long, but at least he would be able to host it for a little bit, and then just suddenly it gets gets cancelled for some odd reason in the middle of it. Welcome to Big Brother Canada, where the HOH competitions are made up, and the numbers don't matter. I was going for a Power of Ten reference, but okay. Bit of skill, that Logan. Uh, So yeah, who do we think is going to win HOH? I can't answer that, because I believe, yeah, I believe I know. You go ahead and answer it. I'm hoping it's going to be Sarah, but I doubt it's going to be Brittany, given how much they apparently don't like each other, Cindy and Brittany. But basically anyone who is in the alliance that's going to take out the couples. Do we know if Willow has flipped for sure to uh, to the other side? Willow said her final two was Sarah, so I'd assume so. Yeah, so now it's essentially six versus... Six versus four is what the house configuration is. And then if the bigger, if the larger side uh, wins, then hopefully they're not stupid enough to just go after Bobby and Bruno and actually just take out a member of the Diaper Alliance. I was looking at the feeds before Wednesday's episode. The bigger line said they were going to target the couples. So I either put Ashley and Zach, yeah, Ashley and Zach or Kevin and Peely up. 
together. Probably Ashley and Zach. I like how those four were the ones in power for this whole week, and yet still, we didn't really see much of those four outside of Kevin uh, giving Peely pep talks. It was it wasn't from their perspective at all. It was like, well, the six may like people like Sarah and Brittany and Bruno really don't have much to do with this whole week, but we're going to keep showing them anyways and just leave the people out that are truly in power. Like everyone kept saying, oh yeah, Zach is influencing Peely. They weren't even mentioning that Kevin was influencing Peely, but yet production has chosen that Zach is not an entertaining enough character or that they they just want to edit him out essentially and just say like, yeah, even though Zach probably has the biggest influence out of those four, we're just not going to bother showing him. I think it's blatantly obvious that producers now know who everyone likes and who everyone doesn't. Mm-hmm. And in fact, just looking at Joker's rankings for yesterday, Sarah is number one, Godfrey is number two, Cindy is number three. Bobby is number 16. Bobby has actually dethroned Gregor's bottom, which is quite amazing. So, anything else to add on this wonderful week? Do you think that they picked next week to be the triple eviction for any particular reason? The fact that they need to get rid of a lot of people and they've only got three weeks to do it. That's a big one. Do you think that they're going to intentionally set up an HOH competition and, you know, slant the table so that, say, I don't know, that, like, we pretty much just get rid of the diaper alliance <laughs> within the span of one night? Well, hopefully, because producers obviously know that we love Sarah and we love Godfrey and we loved Cindy, so I think that there's going to be a, a little slight manipulation this week in terms of trying to get rid of the people that everyone doesn't like outside the house. Right. Oh, oh, I know one thing regarding Cindy. Something that also came full circle with her being evicted here is that she was evicted in the second round with an S, and she was evicted sixth with an S. She, she got eliminated in rounds that start with an S. Appropriate. She avoided the the first, the third, the fourth, and the fifth, but she got second and sixth. She also avoided being voted out when in the only round where people could write your name down as well. If only. Yeah, which is another disappointment. Isn't that just incredible, though, that she gets evicted the only two times where she was vulnerable this season? I find that to be downright hilarious, that her assessment of her was completely contrary to what we said at the beginning, that... We thought she would be that she would be useless in competitions, and that it would be her uh, social game and personality that would like get her far. But really, it's uh, the social game probably doomed her, and it was the competitions that made her popular with the audience and her aggressive gameplay. And the fact that she outrageously flirted with Bobby in the second HOH, or in the first HOH, so she, that anyone could play. That was the first real HOH, wasn't it? The second week's HOH. Yep, and both both HOHs that she loses, she it's only because of Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Something tells me that she's not going to vote for Bobby at the end if he gets there. I don't think Bobby will get there, is the main thing, because it's, it's the only thing that both alliances agree on, is that they don't like Bobby, and Bruno can try his best to drag Bobby as far as he can, but... The first time that Bruno doesn't have control and somebody else puts Bobby up and Bobby doesn't win veto, Bobby is so gone. Who do you think is going to walk out of the house on Wednesday? Rodney? I think Rodney's going to walk out. I think he's going to quit. I think we'll probably see the Diaper Alliance minus Peely go home. Because Peely is a brilliant goat. I would agree with that. It would conclude Ashley as being probably the most irrelevant house guest to make a deep run out of the three seasons of Big Brother Canada. 
I would say that assuming a good person wins the HOH, which I am going to try and stay blinkered, I'm going to try and not find out who wins and who gets nominated and that sort of thing, I'd say that it's probably going to be Ashley and Zach as the initial nominations, with Kevin as a potential replacement. No one's going to target Peely unless they have to. And it'll probably be Zach who goes home then, and then they'll clean up Ashley and uh, Kevin during the triple. You know what would be hilarious with Peely being by herself is if she's completely alone against uh, whatever the other alliance is left at that point, is if she wins HOH and now she doesn't have anybody like Kevin, Zach, or Ashley to tell her what to do, so she has to make decisions on her own, and then she takes everything at face value and she ends up being like the judge from the sketch in the Jamie Kennedy show where she just completely goes back and forth and believes every single word that the other house guests say. I think that would be a week of gold for uh, Big Brother. In that case, I'd assume that Sarah and Brittany and Willow would get into her ear and try and get her to target Bobby and Bruno. Oh, did you hear about what Willow said on the live feeds that I guess is not making her too popular? <laughs> yes, I did. She said something rather inappropriate shall we say, <laughs> and something that isn't really worth repeating. And yet she still is in the top half on the rankings. I think the quote of whatever what she said on the live feeds is probably going to blow, blow over rather quickly. I think it's a very minor incident. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of blowing, uh, Zach and Ashley... Uh, um... <laughs> Great! <laughs> Great non-secretary there, Logan. <laughs> Yeah, so much for those two trying to hide their alliance in the beginning of the game. That ship has sailed for a long time. Do you think that, that the hidden power in the have-not room is going to appear next week as well? No, I think the triple eviction will be uh, enough of a twist for one week. It'll be the following week where I sense that the have-not room will come into play. If it was up to me with the triple eviction, I would do it a little bit differently. What I would do is have them do a normal week up until Wednesday and then have the HOH be won on Wednesday as well, have two nominations be made, have the veto be played, bring the veto winner to the vault, say you've got the power to veto someone off to save someone from a uh, nomination, but you also have the power to nominate someone regardless of whether you use this veto or not hmm. and make it basically a diamond power veto. Because that would be a much funnier way of doing it for reactions. Diamond Power Veto, good old Matt. Ah, oh, Matt. Frequent Redditor Matt Hoffman. So, anything else to say? Uh, who's your pick to win? Oh, I'm still sticking on the Sarah train. And I'm still sticking with Willow, even though I really want Godfrey to win, as has been the case since pretty much week one. Yeah, Godfrey's rising up my power rankings, but I don't think he can win. I think he's probably annoying too many people at the moment and not winning enough. Hey, he won concentration. Exactly. He he won the KFC theme competition. Only because it had five thousand dollars involved. <laughs> he was gonna throw it otherwise. At least he didn't prematurely uh smash a table be before realizing he still had one pair to go. So, thank you for listening to us. We'll be back next week for another recap episode of Yattencast. If you want to follow any of us on Twitter, you can do so at the handles posted in the description down below on the video. Also, you can join Ben, Logan, and myself to recap the upcoming 10th episode of Amazing Race 26 on Sunday. See you next week. Hashtag 250, hashtag Green Ninja, Ginger Ninja, hashtag peace. Peace.